Talk Show is brought to you by... Hey, want to feel young again? Are you tired, run down, have aches and pains, brain fog? This is science-based, not hype or fancy marketing. It really works. Carbon-60 helps detoxify your body on the cellular level. It stabilizes free radicals, just like the antioxidants found in red wine and berry stew, but on a far smaller, more bioavailable nanoscale. It's like a bottle of electrons, helping your body to function better. You can also apply it on your skin, topically, over muscles, joints, or organs. Most people feel results within minutes. This is not a drug. It's organic carbon. Feel better today. About 95% of our users report more energy and clarity of mind within 10 days. Give us a call at Greska's Carbon 60 at 720-600-6040 or visit our site at c-60.com. Call 720-600-6040 and feel young again. to Resilient Relationships with Dr. Christian and Dr. Caroline Hyde. It's lovely to have your company. Now every week we're going to be giving you some aspect of relationships. Because your relationships are your greatest assets. I'm Christian and I'm Caroline and I'm a psychiatrist in Sydney at the moment and I'm a professor at a university also in Sydney at the moment yes welcome to our show we're so glad that you're here but why are we doing a, a talk show on relationships Christian all right so I suppose the main reason we're doing a talk show on relationships is relationships seem to be so hard to keep together these days and we want to make sure that people who are in relationships stay in relationships because as the evidence shows us, that's what makes for a healthy, happy life. Most definitely. Okay, so yes, you're a psychiatrist. I am. Yes, and that's I'm right. a professor. Uh, you are, yes. And together we've actually written the largest study on long-term relationships ever. That means that we've spoken to couples who've been together 40, 50, 60 years and we found out what their secrets are to staying together and the idea is that we have this evidence so that we can speak with it and around it so that you can improve your relationship. And I'm sure you you actually are in a relationship at the moment or perhaps you want a relationship or are you struggling a little bit in your relationship? Are you having a bit of a tough time? Or have you been together for a long time and you just want to go deeper in your relationship? That's actually what our talk show is all about. Actually, that's a nice way of looking at it. To yeah. go deeper in your relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing that we, we will talk about one day. We will talk about how relationships tend to get better if you go deeper. Yeah, that's right. Most definitely. And if you want to go deeper, you go deeper. Okay, so let's get on to what we're talking about today, Christian. What are we talking about? Okay, so today we're talking about what a difference commitment makes. Yeah, wow. Commitment. Oof, that's a word, isn't it? You know... <laughs> it's a nice word. Like a poor little word alone. Gosh. No, but it, I don't know about you out there, but, you know, I, it, it's not a word that we use that much. We, people shy away from it. Yes. Actually, I was on the New York City subway and I saw a, a, one of the ads for a university and it said, we accept commitment phobes. It's not, it's not always a happy word. <laughs> they accept commitment phobes. Commitment foes aren't sure if they want to go there. <laughs> They're not sure if they can commit. <laughs> that's right. But that's, that's actually a good place to start because we talk about commitment in relationships. Yeah. But commitment is to any cause, anything that you take up in your life. That's right. So it can be commitment to a job. It can be commitment to 
you know, studying. It can be a commitment to taking care of a dog, for goodness sake. Yes, it can even be a commitment to uh, improving your language skills, improving any skills, to becoming a better person. It can be a commitment to enjoying life. Now, that's an interesting one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Are some is that, is that a hard thing? Is that from a psychiatry perspective? Is it a hard uh, no, thing? No, no, no. So we're going to start off with uh, commitment. Uh, just the word. Yeah. Just to look at what the word is, because the word's actually very interesting. It's a very old word, and it comes from the Latin. And uh, the start of it, the C-O-M, or the C-O-N, that actually uh, says with, yeah. right? Yeah. But the uh, mitere uh, is actually from the same root word as the word mission. Oh, really? Yes, yes. <laughs> so, I've got a mission to, to, right. to stay committed to this, this whatever. Well, yeah, but a commission is uh, something that you're given that needs to be done. So there is the sense of obligation there. But there's also the sense of adventure. When you're on a mission, Ooh, yeah. you start a journey. And it's a bit silly, like if you're going to go on a mission like to explore the Amazon jungle, um, it's a bit silly to go just a little bit away and then turn back, right? The thing about commitment and a mission is if you're going to go on a mission, you've got to do it, okay? It's a big undertaking. It's going to take a lot of energy, but it's worth it. It's a sense of adventure on a journey. So... If your mission is to explore the outer galaxy, uh, you can't go just for a week or two. You're, you're, you're putting in a lot of effort, a lot of energy, and a lot of your life. You are committing your whole self to this mission. Yeah. And lose a sense of adventure. Well, that's right. Because there's journey. This, this sense of not only excitement, but also a little bit of fear. But that actually adds to the excitement. It's sort of like, okay, well, yeah. Basically, excitement and adventure, and there's going to be ups and downs yeah. because it's 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 you know it's it's an adventure, it's a journey. That's right. Uh, so a sense of uh, adventure or a mission or a journey means right there that you're going to be living life deeper. Mm, okay. True. So yes, there's going to be um, uh, excitement and some pleasure, but there's also going to be some hard times, some yeah. tough times yeah. that you're going to get yeah. through. And by going on a mission, by committing. You're putting your hand up to do both. Yes, I want to live life deeper. Yes, yeah. I want more happiness. Yes, I'm going to put my hand up for some more suffering, right? <laughs> yeah, and, that's and, true. Yeah, that's right. You're going, to, you're going to live life deeper. And I suppose that's a sense of commitment that we can start with. Yeah, deeper and also growth. It's growth that you do when yes. you go on something. You're going to grow as a person. Yes. You know, you can get so stuck just on your own. But if you actually take that leap of faith and go out on that mission and commit, <laughs> you know, you, you are going to have some growth too. Yeah, so people out there who are in long-term relationships, congratulations, you are on a mission. Yes, you are. <laughs> so it's, welcome to Wish yes, Control. Your big journey has started, and um, yes, it has some bumps along the way, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Actually, I'd like to share a couple of things that some of the couples said that commitment was. Yeah, that'd be great. Then we'll, we'll move more towards talking about commitment in relationships. So I'd just like to share some of the things from our study. So we did actually interview or, or survey over 1,400 people worldwide about this, and they're from 42 different countries, so you're going to get lots of different perspectives. But this was sort of the basic words that people use to describe commitment, commitment in their relationship. And, of course, these are people that have been together 40-plus years. So they define commitment as faithfulness, as stickability, as unconditional love, as safety, as security, as trust, and even as not even considering divorce and also as committing to each other's families. So there's, there's quite a lot in that. I mean, they're obviously different people and commitment's different for everyone. Uh, yeah, in that uh, list that you just read out, um, it shows the various facets of commitment and yeah. how people look at it. But I actually like that word stickability. Now, you know we were going to call the book stickability, we were, but we our were. publishers didn't like no, it. No, they didn't like it. I thought it was a great name. Yeah, well, it, it says so much. Stickability is the, the ability to stick, yeah. to stick at it. And I suppose it's uh, commitment, as you said, to anything like study or work or even taking care of a dog or to improving something for yourself. You've got to stick at it. So uh, the idea of stickability, and this is a quality that we in psychiatry look for a lot and try to nurture in people because we live in a world that is diverting all of us to all of its pleasures so that we unstick, if you like. Yeah. So we get away from sticking at it. 
Yeah, that's true. And it and, and also has a sense stickability of a long haul. It's a long journey, okay? It's not just something that you commit to for a little while. Yeah, that's right. And then move on to something else, um, which in our society seems to be, you know, we love multitasking. We like going from here to here and, and everything. But this is this is long haul stuff. This is this is something I'm going to commit to and I've made that decision. And, and of course, even making the decision is work. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. So I, I want to talk about... Um, colleges and universities, because that's, that's the area that you're in at the moment. Yeah. And to stick at a college or a university degree is uh, about three years, which at that time of life is a huge commitment. But we live in a society where people tend to be dragging it out, where they tend to be taking it longer. Is, is, is that the Yeah, yeah, oh, de most definitely. Um, you know, obviously with my postgraduate students, so those that are doing masters or PhDs, they're meant to complete it in about three years, but I'd say that the average is about five years about because, five, okay. well, I mean, life happens. I mean, yes. let's face it. And if yes. you're studying, you know, life happens. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's, 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 you know, there's attrition. So there's, there's students that, you know, start there. They're really ready to commit. And, and it's so exciting because I do teach a lot of first years and they're ready to commit to it. And then, um, yeah, life happens or it's, it's too much or they hit some, you know, some hard bumps along the way in, in their, you know, study. And, oh, it, it's harder than I thought, you know, and, yeah. Yeah, and there's something else that happens, this uh, fear of missing out. Right? Oh, totally, People yeah. take time off to go travelling or uh, they just uh, do something else because you forsake some money during your college years. Oh, most definitely. And, um, okay, so while I was um, uh, training to be a psychiatrist, I was working as a doctor but it was a five-year training program. And i got to tell you, after about year three, it's starting to wear thin. It's taking a long time. And so at the beginning of my fourth year into the training, I had a psychiatrist say to me, Christian, whatever you do, finish it in the minimum amount of time you can. Be committed. Get it done. Because that's when the rewards come. Mm -hmm. and, and that was actually good advice at the time. And yeah, I got it done just in five years. Great. Good. And I ended up with the rewards, the freedom, the um, uh, the ability to uh, drive my own life a whole lot more. But I wouldn't have done that if I had delayed and delayed. And so commitment has this sense of purpose about it to keep you on track for your own good. Yeah, yeah. And also involves self-discipline. Okay? Oh, and, and it takes a lot of discipline. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Especially studying. So if you you know you're you're in there studying, stick at it. You know, stickability. You will get there. It is so so rewarding and so worth it at the end. Um, yeah, yeah I just have to say, talk as a professor for a little while because really, I just see the students, and then they they feel really bad about themselves. Yeah. They say, and I mean, they're 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 afraid of failing, so they don't try. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, but I'm, I'm also here to let people know that they have stickability. Yes. Whenever you have studied for an exam and you've passed, whenever you've practiced some football or basketball skills and you've gotten better, that's stickability. Anytime you have had a relationship, even if it's broken up, you've had some stickability. Anything that you've decided to develop in yourself, whenever you've gone traveling, you've had stickability. The idea is not to bail out, but to be there. Be there for the long haul. So find that space in you to understand some of the things that we're talking about today. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that's that's commitment. Um, in general, I think we've sort of played around with that a little bit now. Is that? Yeah, yeah. I, th I think we'll go to the science. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the science now then. All right. The science of commitment. Come on. Okay. You're, you're the psych psychiatrist. <laughs> Come on. All right. So what, uh, what's there? So, so basically, the definition of commitment is as we've talked about, right? Um, stickability for the long haul. But the science of the commitment of relationships is it's the ability to persevere uh, so that when things go wrong, it's not automatically, okay, we've got to stop this. Mm. It's got to be gone. Because then you don't have this area of safety in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And safety in a relationship is very, very important because relationship safety relates to what we call attachment. And I've got to talk about attachment a bit because uh, attachment is a science, it's biological, it's the idea that we as human beings, we make close bonds with people who we are close. And 
this affects us emotionally. But not only that, it gives us a secure base so that we can explore a world that is often strange. Yeah. So, so let's take that idea of a mission again. Yeah. If you're going to go explore the outer planets of our solar system, your firm base is Earth. Yeah. To say, yeah, I'm here, I'm at home, I feel comfortable here. And that feeling of comfort you take out with you when you're going to explore strange and sometimes dangerous territory. Yeah. We all get that feeling of comfort and attachment and security from our mother, number one, yeah. from our family, number two. And then as we grow in our childhood, we have a larger and larger circle of people that we call secure relationships for us. Yeah. And so, scientifically, we need commitment to have that sense of attachment. So, you and I have been together for over 30 years now. We have. That is attachment. We are attached. And it's a good thing. That's what gives us our independence, knowing that we can depend on each other so that we can get on with some of the tough stuff that the world throws at us. <laughs> it's a funny word, attachment. It's, I get this image of, you know, those, what are those little sucker things in under the seat? What, leeches? <laughs> no! <laughs> the ones, you know, that, that attach to rocks. You oh, know, the, when the you go to the sea. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, just, yeah. It's just, that's it. I'm attached now, and this is, and it's also, then once they, if you're attached to a rock, it's kind of, that's their home, yes, isn't it? Yes, And so you also get a sense of home, like you did, obviously, with your, your, your mother, your, and yeah. you've attached to your family, yeah. your, your biological family, but then you, you create a new home, you attach to, you know, your love partner for the that's rest right. of your life, hopefully. Yes, yes, yes. So, specific to a relationship, commitment is the intention to maintain that relationship. I'm going to be here not only today, but tomorrow, the next day, and the day after. Yeah. So it's it's not sort of, I want to see how this goes, right? Yeah. Because straight away that, that creates insecurity. Uh, so it, it also becomes an undertaking to nurture the relationship. Hey, this relationship is important to me. I am going to take care of it. I'm going to do things that's good for the relationship. And the flip side of that is I'm going to try not to do things that hurt the relationship. Oh exactly right oh and that's where oh that's the difficult one isn't it yeah I mean look we're all going to hurt each other and I'm sure you have hurt your love partner at some point or close friends we, we, we do we do it all the time and and there is that that idea that the closer you get the, the more hurt that you actually well yeah because you can to more. each other yeah, because you can, you can yeah, yeah 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 so so that's why it's actually helpful to have that that commitment, and sometimes that's in the form of uh, vows. Yeah. Sometimes it's in the form of um, uh, having been together for a long time. But it's an undertaking that you know what I'm going to start taking care of this relationship because it's really important to me. So it's it's a big decision, all right? It is a big decision, and and look, yeah, I mean, not everyone's ready for it. Not everyone's. I mean, I wasn't ready for it, you know. <laughs> Earlier on, I was, it was sort of like very difficult to, it's a difficult thing. I'm a career woman, okay? And so when is, when is the right time to actually make that commitment, okay? And share your life with someone else. It's, it's huge at the moment, it that decision um, for males and females. And, you know, it's just like, well, you know, when, you know, how much of myself do I give up for this? And, and am I giving up part of myself? And there's all these these, I, I don't know about you, but there's, there's probably lots of struggles going on inside you if you're making that decision to commit. Right, so you want me to speak to some of those things? Why not? Oh, yes, okay. go ahead. Okay. So so the, the essence of that is, am I giving up something of myself? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, the answer is yes and no. Yeah. So uh, not only are you giving something up, because what you give up is actually freedom. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. You do give up freedom. There's yeah. just no way yeah, around. Yeah, I know. That. Let's just be honest about it. It happens. Oh, yes. most, yes. it most definitely yes. does. Yes. Okay. Because to commit to somebody else means that you've got. Because the other thing about the whole mission thing is it's an obligation as well. All mm. right. You have to do this, which means that you're duty bound to carry out certain things, or else the mission won't go ahead. So if you don't do certain things out of a sense of duty, then your relationship won't move forward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you give up freedom. So you give up some freedom. All yes, right. you do give up freedom. Yeah. Okay. But you gain so much. And I, okay, so let, let me explain what you gain, all right? Okay. To actually be yourself, 
you actually have to learn who you are. And to do that, you do it in the context of growing close to somebody else. Because when you grow close to somebody else and they start touching parts of you, and I don't mean your body, I mean your mind <laughs> and your soul yeah. and deep inside your emotions, when you grow close to somebody, you're going to start feeling things that you haven't felt before. Some good and some not so good, right? Mm. But the thing is, you will feel that the depth of who you are come more to the surface and become exposed, okay? So now we're reaching into that word of vulnerability. Okay. okay, can I be myself in front of you? And when you're in a committed relationship, it's not only um, physically I get to know that person more, but also mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And you see, when you're able to reveal more of yourself to another person, you actually learn who you yourself are and you grow because otherwise you wouldn't have touched those things because they all stay under the surface. Mm. And this is the amazing thing about a relationship. There are things in you that may never surface in your whole life if it weren't for a long-term relationship. So it's kind of like a mirror, isn't it? You don't actually know what you look like until you actually look at a mirror. And, and, and when you're in a relationship, that other person reflects that who you are in many ways and get you get deeper then. Yes, yes. Yeah. That, that's the whole thing. So uh, earlier on you sort of said uh, um, you live deeper. Mm. Uh, and that part of this uh, radio show that we're putting together is so that people's relationship can be deeper. Yeah. And that happens when you're close to somebody and you go on that adventure of being close and even trying to get closer. And that involves hurt, all right, because we're all human, we all do things wrong, and you've just got to work through that so that you can keep going. Yeah, and, and look, so many people, I don't know about you, but certainly when you're young, you know, you're, you're afraid to show, show who you are because, you know, you may not be liked. You know, if, if I show who I am, Maybe you won't accept me. Maybe you'll see these things about me and, and, and I'll feel rejection again. Are, are you one of those people that are afraid of that rejection? Yeah. And this is why the idea of commitment and a long-term relationship, actually, it burrows down to life itself because yeah. none of us want to be rejected. Everybody wants to feel part of a human herd. Mm. Uh, and... To do that, it means you have to show who you are. Yeah. And you need to know that there is somebody out there who's going to accept and understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. taken us 30 years. So. No, I know. <laughs> it's, it's continually growing. Continually it's always growing. Right. That's right. But it's an adventure. It is. It is certainly an adventure. And at least you've got someone to adventure with you. I mean, I you know... Again, you know, a, a young friend of mine off going, traveling around the world, and she said to me the other day, gee, I just, I'm just tired of going by myself. I just want to share it with someone that, and not just share it with other travelers that I'm with. I want to share it with someone that I'm close to, to be able to look at it through their eyes too. And, and I think that's part of the adventure of a long-term relationship. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So uh, that's a good analogy that you touched upon there. If you go on a long journey, let's say you're hiking through Europe, yeah. And along the way, you meet some people and they go through little bits with you, okay? Uh, it's like having multiple relationships, okay? Yeah. But there's a yearning inside us for somebody to understand what the whole journey is about. Mm. So mm. if you find one person and go on that whole journey throughout all of Europe, hiking through Europe together, then they have been on the whole journey with you. Yeah. And the thing is that, not only have they shared the outer journey and seen all these wonderful cities and forests uh, like you have, but they've gotten to know you and you've gotten to know them and your reactions to all these beautiful forests and cities and you get to know their reactions to all these forests and cities. And then you'll start talking about which ones you like and which ones you don't like. And then you'll sort of say, okay, why don't we do this one? Or do you like doing this? And you'll find sometimes they'll say, no, nah, I don't like that. Okay. <laughs> and so there's got to be room for that as well. But that's the analogy of a long-term relationship. Yeah, and I, that actually touches on also something that some, some of the couples, actually a lot of the couples that I interviewed, I interviewed 90 couples, so 180 coupled individuals, and a lot of them said, it's just that feeling of being known. Yes. You know? And yes. so once you've had all these experiences that you've built up, or even if you've just gone deeper in your relationship and you've shared, you know, the ups and downs and... The, the really tough times together and the good times, 
you're known. There's there's this wonderful, and that goes back to security too. Yes, yes. This sense of being known, and and you can't. That's that's irreplaceable. These these short term relationships, you're not going to have that sense of being known. Um, and there's a comfort in that too. Yes. Um, a, a feeling of home again. Um, a feeling I can really totally be myself with this person, or I'm growing to be more of myself with that person. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we started talking about. Um, uh, some short-term relationships, yeah, uh, which happen to all of us along the way yeah. to finding a long-term relationship. So I want to look at the difference between uh, that pre-commitment phase, yeah, right, and, and what happens before you go, okay, I'm going to commit. This is the person, and then what happens afterwards? Yeah, okay. okay, sounds great. All right, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So off you go. Off I go. Okay, <laughs> yeah. The pre-commitment stage. Yes, go all on, right. Mr. Psychiatrist. Mr. Psychiatrist. <laughs> right. So there's this. Awful saying, okay, yeah. that all is fair in love and war. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> but unfortunately, there's truth. Yeah, there is truth. There is truth. Uh, because in a war, the idea is to beat the enemy. Yeah. And in love, now, uh, in love before commitment, the idea is to, in a way, beat the enemy to get the best deal that you can get, mm -hmm. right? So I want to introduce this idea of games. And so game theory is actually very important in uh, all of philosophy, economics, and even in biology and mathematics. And it gets really, really complex. Um, but I don't want to talk about all of that. No, no, no. <laughs> what I want to talk about is an easy concept like the idea of competitive games and non-competitive games. Okay. So, so competitive games is tennis, chess, hockey. Soccer, all the win-lose games that we've had, all right? And all of our money system is, in a sense, win-lose, okay? If I can charge more for something and get you to pay more for something, that means that I win and you lose a bit of money, right? Yeah. Whereas non-competitive games are games that we're still playing, but there's no winners and losers. So if you're building a city out of Lego, if you're building sandcastles, uh, if you're building a house of cards, uh, the idea is to cooperate with the person around you so that you're both enjoying yourselves. But if that house of cards comes down, then the game's over for both of you. And the fun is while you're playing. So the idea while you're on the beach, making sandcastles with your kids, is just to keep the game going. Nobody wins at, at building sandcastles. And you're working towards something together, to create something together, which is really beautiful. Yeah, and, and so in non-competitive games, or in what we call cooperative games, there's the idea of creativity, expression, togetherness, and a sense of enjoyment just by being together. So, applying this to relationships, before you're in a long-term relationship, you're actually playing competitive games. Oh, yes. Oh, you said that quickly. Okay. <laughs> Where did that come from? Oh wow! Well, I mean, everyone likes a <laughs> everyone likes a good competition, don't they? I certainly do. <laughs> okay, okay. Tell me more about no. that. <laughs> I'm not going in. I'm not going there. You're you're pulling me along. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but right there, um, you can see how. Wow. What should I say? There's a bit of excitement there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's also mixed with the potential for hurt. Oh, right. yes, yeah. So, in other words, uh, when you play off uh, one person against the other, or you don't want to lose any options here, or when you're going out with a few people and you're comparing them, yeah. and you're sort of saying, okay, what's the best partner for me? How yeah. can I get the best deal? How do I get the best girl, the best guy? You know, all of that, that's all competitive games yeah. because uh, somebody's going to win, and if you win, that person that you want, that means that somebody else loses. Yeah, them. that's so hard. So it's a competitive game yeah. before commitment. Yeah. Well, that's a whole dating thing too, isn't that's it? That's a whole it's dating sort of game. like, yeah, we're, we're going to – and there's a fun in that too. And, it, and it, there's, there's, there's got to be a healthy part to that too. Yes, of course there yeah, is. Of yeah, course there yeah. is. Because you are actually looking for the best mate <laughs> for yourself. You are actually playing that game to win. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and so uh, in a way, the whole – and look, there's a whole science of evolutionary psychology as to yeah. how these things happen. But it is a competitive game. And there are hierarchies. There are winners and losers. Yeah. But when you commit to a long-term relationship, what changes is that you're actually playing a different game. Ooh. So you actually move from going to a uh, you you move from a competitive game. Mm -hmm. You commit, 
and then you're in a different game and it's a cooperative game or a non-competitive game so you're going from the game that says how can i find the best person for me mm. or how can i have the most fun before i commit to somebody you're going from that to how can we have the best relationship mm. how can we keep this going how can i express myself the most how can i be the most vulnerable how can i be there for somebody else the most how can we create a secure loving framework if we're going to have children and yeah. that's a very different game yeah yeah of course it is so we're really going from me to we yes that's, that's going to cause yeah. tension and that's going to cause arguments and it's going to be like there's going to be a wrangling because you know you you i don't know about you but you want to hold on to that that part of you you know this this is this is me this is who i've developed over you know 25 years you know this this is the me that that and 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 it's going to it's going to rub against the other person isn't it okay okay so let, let's talk about that i'm going to use sandcastles building sandcastles yeah. on the shore as an analogy um if you've been building a sandcastle for long enough the tide changes and occasionally a wave comes in and washes part of your sandcastle away yes it's true <laughs> Ooh. and you go oh <laughs> Sadness. And you've got to start building again. You do. All right, if you want that sandcastle, you've got to start building. Yeah. You may have to move it. You, you may want to mix some dry sand with it, however you do it. But that's a bit like some of the challenges that come to a long-term relationship. Yeah. The question is, are you going to keep building the sandcastle? Are you going to keep going in the relationship? Yeah. Or are you going to give up? Well, this is the thing. And this is, again, what, what a lot of the couples told me yeah. um, was... And, and these are couples that had affairs. These are couples that, you know, went through incredibly difficult times with mental illnesses or physical illnesses or, you know, just going bankrupt, all sorts of financial difficulties and everything. A lot of these people said to me, it's easy to repeat. Yeah. They actually said, they well, actually said yeah, that. they actually said that. So when that sandcastle, <laughs> especially financially, gosh, yeah. when that sandcastle disintegrates or part of it goes, well, it's easy to walk away. Do yeah. we stop? Do, do we do we keep building it? Yeah, yeah. Now I've got to say something that uh, is actually really important because this is a theme about relationships. You see, sometimes people look at a relationship and say, "What went wrong?" And sometimes it's not one person or the other, mm. but it's a society that we live in. Oh, so totally, absolutely, yes. Caroline's right on board with that. So, so let me just delve into that a bit deeper. Uh, because we live in a society with a lot of social media, a lot of entertainment, and a lot of consumerism, uh, we're actually encouraged to go back to the competitive game, to look at our relationship and go, ah, oh, you know what, that person's not quite the best for me. Mm -hmm. You know what, I could do a bit better. And so you're encouraged to go back and play that competitive game rather than playing the cooperative game of making a good relationship. Mm. There are several reasons for that. Let's start off with entertainment first, movies, books, and songs. They're all about that time of finding somebody, of that, uh, oh yes, I'm finally in love, or oh no, this hurt, or this is what happened. And the flutter buys, uh, it's all the really good stuff, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good stuff, and it's the, those heady, dramatic emotions that we all go through. Yeah. It is uh, less uh, often that you'll see a movie about a relationship that's been together 40 years mm. and they're having a great time. There's less about that. There's just less to make a movie about because <laughs> there's not as much drama and conflict. Well, movies are about drama, yeah. Movies are about drama. You've got to have that conflict. Yeah. So for our entertainment, uh, we tend to evoke those emotions that look for that time in relationship. Mm. The other thing is, when you're mating and dating, you're taking people out, you're wanting to look your best, and so you, you, you buy the clothes, you make sure the car looks good, uh, you're going out to restaurants, you're spending your money. Mm. Right? Mm. A content couple <clears throat> actually spend less money, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they don't have to go out to restaurants, they don't have to have the car looking good, because all of a sudden... There are other things in life that become more important. A mortgage, perhaps, yeah. or uh, something that people are doing together becomes more important than all the glitz and glamour of mating and dating. So there are forces in our society that say, nah, 
if we can keep you discontent, if we can keep you thinking that your relationship is not good enough, yeah. if we can bring you back into the competitive game, then you'll part with your money more. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, and it is to do with money. It's the whole um, the romance um, uh, commerce that's going on. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's this is this is what you buy. This is what you do. This is this is this is the, this means love. This means they they care about you. But look, honestly, the couples that <laughs> I talk to, I, I had I honestly I had about twelve women say I hate flowers. They just die. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me flowers. Give me a, a massage or. You know, let's take a walk along the beach or let's watch a sunset together. They're the things that are more romantic for me. Yes, and the whole pressure to be romantic. Ugh, right? Ridiculous because the, the whole, pressure. That's right, that's right. Uh, men in particular are under, actually women too, they are under pressure. No, they are pressure just as much pressure. Be, that's right, to be romantic. And the idea of romance is actually got to do with a competitive game. Yeah. Okay, because... When you've been together for a, a long time, it's not that the romance dies because it doesn't, but it takes on a different meaning, like making somebody a cup of tea That's or right. being thoughtful. Yeah, just writing a little note. Um, a lot of the couples just left a note for each other, um, just being there for each other, just listening, listening. A lot of them said that was romance to them because the person was just completely listening to, to, who, to what they had to yes, say. And yes. all these other things that, that evolved that, that romance was that, I just want to talk about that that whole uh, pressure of the dating too, yes. and 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 the, the 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 actual idea that you've actually got to create this um, this romance world, yes. um, particularly with the proposal, which seems such a huge thing today. You've got to get the right space, and you've got to get the right ring, and she's got to be wearing the right dress, and he's got to have this, and you've got to have a photographer hiding behind a tree right, to take that. It's all got oh, it's got to be documented. The pressure and the pressure and the pressure for that. And also, these become these events, and we think, yes. oh, well, life is just going to be like this all the time when we're married. And, and when it doesn't end up being yeah. like that, yeah, um, yeah, that, that's also a letdown, too. Yeah, and uh, putting so much pressure on being romantic and so much pressure on, let's say, a proposal, Yeah. Um, what that feeds into is people's fear of failure. That's true. Yeah, that's right. And so, so many people. And so it becomes a huge hurdle. To, uh, to get over, um, whereas I've got to say some of the most romantic proposals I've heard are ones that just happen spontaneously, uh, <laughs> uh, without without having without a setup, okay, and nothing really memorable, except that this person just told me they want to spend the rest of their their lives with me, yeah, and uh, that's actually enough for the new game, the mm -hmm. new game, which has got to be how can we put together the best relationship that we can? How can we bring out the best in each other? How can we be more vulnerable towards each other? Yeah. And how can we together create a place of relational safety and security? Ooh, relational safety. Yeah. That's a nice one. That's something, I think I like that idea, relational safety. And that is that feeling of comfort, of security, of home and all of that. Yeah, and you actually don't get much of that feeling in the mating and dating game. No, you don't. And honestly, I, I really believe this out there, that there are people there that, that really want that sense of security, yes. that really crave it. You, you may, may not even know that you crave it underneath because the media is definitely telling you otherwise, that you want the, the, you know, the bright lights and the excitement and all the things that, that go with all of that really on-the-edge lifestyle. But underneath, somewhere underneath, there is that real craving for, for, for being known, security for safety for relational safety for those arms that hold both of you together yes and all of this came out of the idea that there are forces in society that's dragging us away from the cooperative game of the relationship back yeah. to the mating and dating game yeah so I'm going to talk a little bit about the the science there yeah okay yeah. Uh, because um, I mentioned attachment and uh, the the ultimate attachment relationship is between a mother and her child and the idea is that the child could not exist without the mother. It needs that relationship. Mm. And what the science is showing is that as adults, we still need an attachment relationship. We still need to feel that we can be vulnerable and known in the eyes of one significant other person. Mm. Uh, and this is actually borne out in that when people divorce or break up, it's actually life-threatening. Uh, yeah, it is. It wow. is. So, so people do become suicidal 
okay. when a relationship breaks up. Have you seen that in your practice? The number of times I've seen that in my practice is it's phenomenal uh, because there is that feeling that, okay, so I've built up that security and now it's being taken away from me. It's like the rug being taken away uh, from out from under me. Uh, it's the idea that, oh my gosh, I'm alone again. Mm. And that actually becomes an existential crisis. Mm. You don't quite feel as alive when you're alone. Mm. And so uh, particularly for, for men, the statistics are that um, divorced men are six more times likely to complete suicide mm. than men in a relationship. Wow. And, and, we, and we, we've talked before about some of the advantages of a relationship, and these are all scientifically based, <clears throat> that a relationship improves your physical health, your emotional well-being, uh, it stops you from being lonely, uh, it actually adds to your happiness, and uh, there are so many stats about this, and you actually live longer when you're in the relationship. And it's because of this feeling of attachment, that somewhere inside you, you are secure. Yeah, but, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, but we're going to, you know, there's, 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 some of you out there are going to have already divorced or yes. be in relationships yes. like this, and, and we're going, oh, you know, this is great, you've got to stay together, yeah. you know, and they're going to be they're going to be feeling like they're failed men creatures. Yes, they are. Yeah, well, that's, that's not what this show's about. It's about keeping, you know, making people feel that, you know, telling them the good things about commitment, but can they they start again? Can they oh, get most recommitted? Definitely. Most you definitely. Know? Most definitely. Now, uh, some of the best relationships that I have seen are people who have divorced, yeah, who have seen how painful that is, yeah, uh, and admitted how painful that is, and then they find somebody else, and they go, you know what? This time, I'm going to do what I can to keep it together. And so there is often more nurturing of the relationship, less harming of the relationship, and people take care of each other better. Because this is the amazing thing about the human brain. We all have the capacity to learn and to grow. And so we're not here to say it's all over after you've divorced. No. <laughs> Wherever you are, whatever stage in life you're at, uh, it's, it's time to look and say, okay, what do I need to do next time? Yeah. What do I need to do to get that relational safety? And I suppose the reason that we're talking about commitment is because it is so attached to relational safety. And you've got to know that first, mm -hmm. okay? Because there's mm -hmm. the idea that relationships break up uh, because I'm going to be better without somebody. Mm -hmm. And particularly when I do couples therapy, what I've found with people who break up it's not because they stop loving each other. It's because the hurt and the problems mount up and they go, you know what? I can't see a way out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so in a sense, two people who are still in love break up because the hurt becomes too much. Yeah. yeah. So that's part of what it is. About being uh, after commitment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So the thing is that... Uh, and, and you saw with the people that you interviewed, mm. it's not that bad things don't happen because no. they do. Yeah, yeah, they most definitely do. Actually, I'd like to share some of the things about some of the people because particularly this one couple, Carol and Stephen, um, so they, my gosh, they had been through some tough stuff. So yeah. they had both had childhood sexual abuse. Okay. Um, they worked through infertility issues. They ended up adopting some children, um, workplace PTSD uh, they they went into financial ruin at one point. Yeah. And um, Carol actually said, we've been through hell and back again. Many times I had to go back to our vows and through thick and thin, you keep them. It would have been easy to walk away. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, these it are times of story. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I saw it. Or then there was um, Wayne and Francis. Now, there, there was a mental health issue here. So yes. um, this is so interesting. Francis said... Um, it's been harder for Wayne because I suffer mental illness in, in depression. So she had clinical depression all their marriage. And, it's, and she said, and it's a commitment that helped him get through because we've had some really hard times. I remember saying to him, if I walk out on you, don't let me go. And they've been married for 32 years. Okay, so she actually said, 
If I walk out on you. Don't let me go. So she said, don't let me go. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> but it means that, that she made the decision occasionally to walk out on him. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. And and he he dragged the streets looking for her. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, that is community on his part. You it's know? commitment wow. on his part. But, but see, the interesting thing is that she knew herself. Yeah. All right? And she knew that there were times that she would walk away. Yeah. And so in a moment of um, rationality and safety, she says to him, if I do that, yeah. don't let me go, don't listen to me. Yeah. Right? So she gave him permission to, um, to reach further, yeah. to say, no, don't let that happen. Yeah. Which means that, in a sense, she didn't really want it. No, exactly, exactly. And then there was, there was another couple, um, uh, uh, Pearl and Matthew, who... Um, he, he had a, a lot of mental health issues and um, I actually said at one point, you know, have you ever considered divorce? Because it's, it's always a question yeah. that I ask them. And um, he said yes, um, because I thought that she'd better, be better without me. That she would be better without him. Yeah. And yeah. that's why he wanted to leave her. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that's beautiful <laughs> and sad awesome. at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. It is. It is. Yeah. But, but, but it, it, it shows um, the love that develops when people are committed yeah okay? that's they, right they reach a space yeah after 20 30 40 years uh that well it's 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 deep it's living deeper mm, mm, it really is and then of course there were there were affairs and you know having to work through that together was really really tough um and the commitment even to working well it was well really it became for these people not a commitment so much to each other, but a commitment to the relationship. The relationship had to become like that was where the we ness was. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's not a commitment to you. It is a commitment to the relationship itself. Yeah. And that was that was just phenomenal to see that. Um, and of course, there's forgiveness. There's um, incredible amount of hurt. One couple, just three months ago, the affair had happened, and the the the, um, the wife was just crying right throughout the the interview but yeah. they they wanted to share their struggles because they were determined absolutely determined and single-minded to make it work because they didn't want the loneliness that it would bring okay all right i'm, I'm sure we'll have an episode on oh, we affairs will. and things like we that. will but i'm just talking about the tough times and and them getting through and going back to commitment and going back to commitment every yeah time. yeah yeah okay so talking about affairs and tough times mm. it gives the idea that a relationship is not for the faint-hearted. No, it isn't. <laughs> Actually, this couple, the Carol and Stephen, they said, you know, Helen back again, they said it's damn hard work, damn, damn hard work. You know, they, I honestly, they said it so many times in the interview. Um, but, you know, her mother said, look, your bed is always waiting and she would always tempt her to come back home, again, in-law pressures. But, you know, she said, no, you know, I I'm going to make this relationship work. Okay, so let me back, uh, bring that back to the idea of a uh, commitment and a relationship being like a mission. Yeah, okay. You're on a mission, and let's say your mission is to climb a mountain, and uh, you're determined to see your mission through. But as you're going, it starts pouring rain, and you're going through this soggy quagmire that's getting slipperier and slipperier, and you're on this mission to climb a mountain, uh, and do you have the thought, you know what, I might just give up here. Let's just turn around and say no to this mission. Of course you have that thought. Of course you do, yeah. Right. But depending on the nature of your mission, you might go, no, I've got to dig a little deeper here and I've got to keep climbing. Mm. I've got to keep going. Because, see, here's the thing. Whenever you get to the top of your mountain or when you complete your mission, there's some sort of a reward. There's something that you're um, reaching for. Uh, it might be a beautiful view at the top of the mountain. It may be just to say, I climbed this mountain. Yeah. Uh, in a relationship, it's we belong together. Yeah. It's we've created a place of relational safety. Now, every relationship has its limits, yeah. which is why when, when people divorce, it's not like they've done something wrong. It didn't work out. We were talking about is what's the difference between uh, pre-commitment and uh, after commitment and yeah. we talked about the idea of moving from one game to another game yeah from a competitive game to a cooperative game mm. for that to happen 
there has to be a slow change of your own identity. Mm. So, in other words, <clears throat> before the long-term commitment, you were an autonomous, independent person. Yeah. After the commitment, you're working to become part of a relationship, part of something that's bigger than you, part of something that includes you and somebody else, part of a relationship. And this is a growing thing. It's not sort of like, you know, after one day, all of a sudden, that's it, right? But your identity becomes, I am together with this person journeying through life. And when you do that, and as you grow closer to this person, become more vulnerable in their presence, you get to discover more about yourself, you get to learn more about yourself, you get to, you get to become more yourself, as long as the relationship is safe and secure. Yeah. Okay. And that's where the commitment comes in. It can only be safe and secure when I'm in it for the long haul. We're both going to be here together. If there's even one person sort of saying, yeah, I might just look around and see what else there is, mm. okay, that's going to create vulnerabilities in the relationship so that you can't argue. There's certain things you can't say. And sometimes things have got to be said, right? Yeah. But you can only say them if it's safe enough to say them. That's so true. Well, actually, Eli Finkel, who we, you know, have, have quoted in our book. Yes. Who wrote The All or Nothing Marriage. Yes. Um, he actually says, talks about commitment being, um, commitment makes your eyes not stray. And I like that idea because then you're actually looking at the other person. You're yes. actually you're not looking elsewhere. You're not looking. Oh, can I get a better deal somewhere else? Well, you know, yes. you've, you've decided to play this game. Yes. Um, and your eyes are on that other person. Okay, so that's a really good analogy that Eli Finkel uses there. That commitment makes your eyes not stray. Yeah. My experience as a male is that there's something about testosterone that makes your eyes stray. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> okay. Because I keep on thinking. Why on earth are the young men even thinking about commitment? Because they're getting all the sex they want anyway, okay? And, um, yeah, I mean, what, what is the point of that? Uh, yeah, now, that's, that's a, a huge topic, and we will do a, an episode on that, yeah. right? But it does um, tap into this idea of being commitment-phobic, mm -hmm. right? And, and there's, there's some science around here as well. Uh, the science says that uh, we are naturally commitment-phobic until we perceive that our options run out, mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. So in other words, we tend to commit when we go, you know what, this is, this, is, this is the best that I will do, okay? And I know that sounds a bit defeatist, and I know it sounds a bit down, <clears throat> but there's a, there's a bit of truth in it because in a world of social media and the idea of there are just plenty of fish out there, there's just plenty of fish out there, you're always going to find somebody else. Mm -hmm. Something better. Something better. Mm. Uh, and what happens is that uh, you then forsake the, the commitment for this dream of something better. And oh, I see it so often in my practice, particularly for, uh, for women and for men in their late 30s. Okay. Because if they haven't found a long-term relationship in their late 30s, mm. then it's sort of like not only the biological clock is ticking, but what's wrong with me? Okay. Oh, and that's so that's a horrible hard. feeling. Okay. So hard. That you might so be feeling hard. that yourself. Oh, that's just ah, oh, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. It's heartbreaking, oh. and it happens to guys as well as girls. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's 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 not just that you know the the women have their biological clock. Yeah. It's also that the men uh, want to know that they are the sort of person that somebody wants. Yeah. And uh, so, in a world of social media. We're fooled into thinking that we have unlimited choices, that there are so many fish in the sea, when the reality is that all the fish are aging in the same sea, because every fish thinks that there's some other fish there, all right? Yeah. Okay. That's awful. I know, I know, but... Old fish. <laughs> no, but the thing Smelly is... Smelly old fish. But... <laughs> but uh, but the thing is that we get fooled into thinking that we have unlimited choices. Yeah, I know. And uh, and the thing is that you get to become a happy fish <laughs> when you find your partner 
and you say, okay, we're going to go out of this pool mm -hmm. and we're going to go into a different pool. So we start playing a different game. We're going to swim and we're going to swim together. And we're going to swim together. That's, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. yeah. Very much together. And then you do become more of yourself. And you, it is, but then you also form that together identity that we were talking about. And that's the hard thing to understand. And it's a hard thing in our society, which is why the first chapter of the book that we have uh, is on what we call hyper individualism. This idea that uh, it's me first and uh, how I shape my life is all important <clears throat> because we look at the disadvantage of relationships. And the mm. disadvantage is yes, you give up freedom. Yes, you're going to start making demands on each other. Just like if you drive a car on the road, uh, we all demand that people stay on their side of the road. And we take this uh, demand for granted because if it doesn't happen, it's just chaos on the roads. Mm. So we as human beings make demands on each other all the time. Here's the thing. In a relationship, you actually want somebody to make demands on you because it means that they love you. They love you. That's exactly. right. That's right. Demands are love. And you're going to make demands on somebody else. So one point in a, an early relationship is when people go for sexual exclusivity. Yeah. To say that it's just you and me. Yeah. Well, that's a demand and it limits your freedom. But everybody wants it because they're all moving towards this other game. Yeah. But you have to get to that other game. Yeah. The game of where I can create a framework of relationship safety so that I can explore more of myself, you can explore more of yourself, and we can grow to understand and accept each other more and journey through life, <clears throat> whatever it is that life is going to bring. Yeah, and, and then there's that idea of two, not just one, and that's, that's bigger, isn't it? That there, there's a strength in that, okay? So it's quite delightful. Yeah, it is, because there's the, the idea that people become a rock, for somebody else. Oh, yes. So many of the couples have said that. Yeah, so many, yeah. He's my rock. She's she's my precious gem. They, they use this rock analogy. They do. Really they delightful. do because a rock is solid. It is. Right? And, and and we actually tell couples, keep a rock in your in your pocket. Hold on to that rock um, because every time you're feeling, you know, it, it, it's di life's difficult, you've got that rock. You know that that is your security. That is your home. Yes. And if you're climbing a mountain and uh, a storm brews, you need to find a rock to shelter under or to hang on to sometimes yeah. because you yeah. need that security. And a relationship becomes that rock because it's going to be there tomorrow. It's going to be there the next day. And that only comes with commitment. Yeah. Because if you go into a relationship thinking that it might end in a week or two, then there are certain things that can't be said. You're not going to share yourself. You're not actually going to be yourself. So with the commitment comes that safety, which means you can move forward to become more of yourself, more of yourself together with somebody else who's becoming more of themselves. That's a great way to finish, I think. You want to leave it yeah, there? Okay. All right, we'll I leave it we'll there. I think we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, the idea of the rock, it can be our technique for this week, that people have this rock to remind them that you know they've got, they've got someone that they care about. Uh, yeah, so um, a rock and commitment. A rock is always going to be there. Mm. If mm. it's a large enough, strong enough rock, then it's going to be there. Okay. Well, I think that's it for this week. I'm so glad that you joined us. And um, we're going to uh, bring this radio show that we've just started to you each week. We hope that you've learned a lot about relationships, about commitment, about relational safety, about attachment, a little bit of science along the way. This is Christian and Caroline Wine signing off and we will see you next time. Remember, your relationship is your greatest asset.
There's a lot of talk all over the Internet these days about the remarkable benefits of carbon-60, and baby boomers are especially excited about it. Whatever generation you're in, if you want more energy, better health, and a boost in vitality, we invite you to try Greska's Carbon-60, a stunning development in free radical destruction. Being much smaller in size than conventional antioxidants derived from fruits and vegetables, it is far more bioavailable to quickly mend the toxin-crippled cells in your body. Greska's Carbon-60 is the only C60 product that is made without the use of undesirable solvents. The only one. Greska's Carbon-60 was developed by a brilliant NASA carbon scientist and 95% report positive results from this Nobel Prize winning technology in just four days. Visit c-60.com. That's c-60.com or call 720-600-6040. 